The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Father, we thank you. Send your word to us again tonight. Help us one and all. Help us one and all, particularly the weakest among us, particularly the feeblest among us, particularly the sinner that needs repentance among us, particularly the sick that needs a physician among us. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. All right. I'm preaching several messages at the same time. It's a very, very peculiar season. It's the new year. So we are sharing keys on how to start strong. Pray fast. Next week now, we're going to do our mountain fast. Well, February elevate fast. Seek God's face. It's also the aftermath phase of supernatural. And that is gradually coming to an end. So every prophecy and every word God spoke over our lives during our 20th convention or 20th anniversary. We are doing our best to gather everything in. Put it inside your spirit. That's where these things belong. They don't belong on a CD somewhere. Somebody's word is still on a CD. They don't belong on your notes. Thank God you took notes. Somebody's word is inside his notes. They don't even just belong in your ears. I have had it. Hey, that's not enough. These things must be planted in the, in the soil of your heart. Can I hear a loud amen? Your heart. Yes, it should come through your ears, come through your eyes, come through your mouth or go through your mouth. But ultimately in your heart. So that it can begin to take root. And by this time tomorrow bring forth fruit. Glory be to God. So you get the word, you hear it, you pray it, you meditate on it. You do what you need to do. Hallelujah. And then we are sharing on how to fly. Um, On Sundays we've been talking about God being our father. Very important. That's our message for the the last three Sundays bringing supernatural to an end bringing january to an end we've done two sundays we're going to do one more and all these things just they they come together and also we are sharing on which i'm focusing a bit more on wednesdays keys to elevation our word for this year is elevation which to me is like the second part of the prophetic word for last year. Please, these words don't expire after a year. It's from that time God gave you the word going forward. Until you begin to see them manifest in your life. To the degree you are satisfied, lay hold on them. And program them into your spirit to the point where it begins to work for you. Look, there are many things you are programmed into your spirit. From a child, there are many things now. Taking a bath every day is programmed into your spirit. You don't need a salmon for that. Brushing your teeth every day is programmed into your life. You don't need a salmon for that. Eating, sleeping, walking. There are children we still have to be taken to walk, to take a bath, 
to eat, to sleep regularly. They are still, you, you are not hearing that message anymore. That's the same kind of thing you should do with a prophetic word. And certain principles and things that are taught in church. Learn to program them into your spirit. That whether Pastor T is talking about it or preaching it is not necessary anymore. I don't have to preach to you to walk. You now know how to walk. But there was a time in your life they had to be teaching you how to walk. The same way, get the word on how to fly. We taught so many things on how to fly in this church and we are still teaching them. And how to elevate. As we are teaching, I'm not familiar with that yet. Oh, I don't know that very well yet. Oh, it's not yet my program. You start taking them one by one. Are you with me tonight? Get it into your spirits. This Sunday, for example, is our New Year Thanksgiving Sunday. You need to get to a point where Thanksgiving is permanently installed in your spirit. Not something we do in our church every last Sunday of the month. That's where some people are with a sign of spiritual babyhood. Where the only time Thanksgiving has any kind of resonance in your life is when we're having a Thanksgiving service in church. And between that Thanksgiving Sunday and the next Thanksgiving Sunday, heaven can't really say they've gotten any Thanksgiving from you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're not a child of God. It just simply means you have not installed Thanksgiving inside your spirit yet. And you work on that to the point where Thanksgiving can be bringing forth fruit in your life on your own. Prayer ought to be installed in your spirit. You ought to be able to pray. Jabez prayed. And God granted him what he requested. So there are are things we teach in recurring manner in church that it will dawn on you. And I'm talking about five of those things here. Again, the question I'm asking you at the beginning of this year, apart from the question I asked at the beginning of the service that have you started strong? Not that one. Now, the one for this year, last year I asked you how markets and why is your life like this? This one I'm asking you, you mean to tell me. And there are five parts that I'm just stopping at because of space and time. It's, it's an endless list. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not perform. Faith ought to be installed. A, a life of faith where God said so, so, and so. And I believed what God said, whether it's the written word or the spoken word. And because I'm living by faith, the grace of God has brought a performance of that promise or prophecy into my life. And what the scripture challenges us is that when and if we believe as we ought, God will do what he said. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer? You prayed and God did not grant you what you requested. Are you sure you prayed? And again, we are not trying to put anybody down or make you feel bad. We are just trying to show you things that make this Christian work happen. Believing is vital. Prayer is vital. Third one I'm asking is, you sowed seed and God did not give you harvest? You know, it's dangerous to be giving, giving. We give, we receive offering every service in this church. 
52 Sundays in a week. In a year. Two services if you come for most of them. Then special program in between. To be giving, and after a while, you will start talking like that, you freeze. No, you know, that's the people, people that talk like that's their problem. Their problem is that they give and they don't have a best. So they are now coming up with all kinds of funny theories that uh, they are stealing people's money and they are manipulating. That is how you will end up when you are not doing things right. You should develop yourself to God where you know when you are giving, there's harvest coming. And God will never disappoint you. That means two things. Number one, you should be giving. Some people are not giving. Don't move too much. They don't know I'm talking about you. Then if you are giving, you must learn to give right. I want to go into some of that from tonight. Then the other two things I want to talk about, and I hope I can cover all this tonight. You served. And God did not reward. You served. You and God did not reward. The last one is, you mean to tell me you obeyed and God did not bless. And what God is telling us is, as we start this year, let us examine ourselves. 2 Corinthians 13.5 As to whether you are in the faith, test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Man, that's an amazing rhetorical question. Christ in you. One of that text, Paul said, that's the hope of glory. Christ in you. Another place said, that's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You have Christ in you. You have the fullness of God. You mean to tell me you have the fullness of God and your life is like this? Again, it's, it's a bit tough. It's a bit hard, but... You see, God, God wants you to have the best. And when you walk with God, you must know it's a two-way street. And from time to time, you need to challenge yourself because the problem is not on the side of God. Can I hear a loud amen? And that's what he's telling you. That's what he's asking. Examine yourself. Maybe there's something you need to adjust in the way you are believing. If at all you are believing. Maybe there's something you need to adjust in the way you are praying. If at all you are praying. Maybe there's something you need to adjust in the way you are sowing, the way you are serving, if at all you are sowing and serving. And maybe there's something you need to adjust in the way you are obeying, if at all you are obeying. And what I'm trying to do here is first and foremost to get you to that point and that place where you know God's side is settled. All I need to do is to bring myself to a place where I am actually operating at the frequency God needs me to operate. Whether it's my faith we are talking about, or my prayer we are talking about, or my sowing, or my serving, or my obedience. I want to stay with just those five. We don't do too many things in church. Or we are not required to do too many things. Find basic, simple truths of the word of God like this. Don't try to do everything in one year, or in one month, or in one day. Even I'm talking about five. You may, some of you don't even try to do all the five. Just focus on your prayer life for once. Just focus on your seed sowing for once. Focus on your service for once. Particularly the ones the only goes to resonate in your heart. And who knows? God may even challenge you in another area that I'm not speaking about in this sermon. Because I can't touch everything. And it will convict you. This is what you need to work on for the next two, three months of your life. 
Somebody, God may talk to you about your reading habits. Bible is full of wanting to like, come, give attendance to reading. Read. Somebody else, God may talk to you about the way you talk. It can be anything. Even George spoke to us about the way we use our mouth during Supernatural. And talked about the fact that church wasn't growing. And when he went to fast and pray, God showed him, is the way you are talking. He corrected the way he was talking and everything changed. That, that's what we are talking about here. This is not to make you feel bad. This is that in 2018, God has ordained for you to soar and to fly. Can I hear loud amen? But it may require some adjustments on your side. Because God's side is not the problem here, sir. Your church ought to grow if you're a pastor. Praise God. And after a while of doing it, and that your business ought to grow, your marriage ought to be lovely. I mean, if there are problems, if the promises of God are hanging, take a step back, particularly seasons like this, beginning of the year, beginning of the quarter, half year, and just examine yourself prayerfully. In the light of God loves me, God cares for me, God is my good, good father. He is giving me good gifts. This is supposed to be my best year in that light, not in light of that. Oh, I'm sorry for myself. Oh, I'm depressed. Mm, no, that's not why we are saying these things. Ask your neighbor, I hope you don't have time for that nonsense. I'm serious. Ask your neighbor, I hope you don't have time for that feeling bad about yourself, pity party, depressed. Because some people, that's what they use their January and December for. That you ask your neighbor, that your neighbor is not. The way that neighbor is asking, let's help somebody tonight. You don't, you don't have that kind of time. The feeling can come. We are not asking you to deny the feelings. We are telling you that when the feelings come, do the right thing. Can I hear a loud amen? I mean, Nigeria is, is enough reasons to be depressed. <laughs> I'm serious. But you don't have to be depressed. What is it about do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil that you don't understand. You don't. Now, if you accept it, this is the way Kenneth Higgins should say it. You may not be able to stop the bird from either pooping on your head or building a nest on your head. But you surely can stop the bird from building a nest and building a molehill of poop on your head. I mean, it's one thing you are walking down the road and one bed flew by and dropped the poop. Okay, ah, you caught me this time. You wipe it. But you now come to church. There's a mountain of poop on your head. Okay, it's one thing. The bed came and put one strand. You want to build a nest. That bed needs like two, three, four, five days or weeks. After, after they put the first one, they will go, ah, this person is not moving. You now come and you call me the nest on your head. That's how you look like when you're worried. You know? And when you're depressed... Tell somebody, shake it off, 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 shake it off. Hallelujah. Let's talk about your sowing. You mean to tell me you sowed seed and God did not give you harvest. And really where I'm going to here is another part of this message is that you should not be praying and praying and not getting results. After a while, it should tell you that something is wrong with the way you are praying. Maybe you are not praying, or maybe you are praying, but you are praying amiss. 
I want to round up these things, these things I'm talking about uh, um, with that. But you need this assurance that if I believe, God will perform. Before you take the first step, if I serve, God will reward. Hallelujah. That's what will encourage you to do it cheerfully. If I sow, God will give me harvest. That's what will make you a cheerful giver. If I obey, God will bless. That's what will help you to do it promptly. You need to have that. And that's what I want to do with these verses. Genesis 8.22. Assurance of scripture. We looked at prayer and we looked at faith last week. Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains sea time and harvest cold and heat. Winter and summer. Day and night shall not cease. Amazing scripture. And you should, you should again, when, when you read verses like this, many times when we are teaching, we just take out a verse or two verses. It's good to study the context. God spoke those words to Noah. Noah had just come out of the great flood. Everybody they knew had died except him and his wife and children. I, I'm just trying to imagine how reassuring these words must have been to Noah when God spoke it to him. I will never destroy the world again. That's what God was telling Noah. The year and his family had been locked inside that ark for God knows how many months. Everybody on the earth had died except them. Even if you thought God loved you, you yourself, the kind of fear of God you'll be walking in. I mean, imagine God killed everybody. It's just you, your wife, and your children, and their wife that left. If you didn't know fear of God, you would know fear of God then. <laughs> So when God spoke that to Noah, how reassuring it must be. There will be day and there will be night. No matter how bad it is, tomorrow morning we still come. Can I hear a loud amen? There will be summer and there will be winter. No matter how cold it gets, don't worry. Weeping may endure for the night, oh, but there is no light that will last forever. That's what God was telling Noah there. And he said there will be seed and there will be harvest. So every time you see day and night, know that when I sow, there will be harvest. So I saw day and night, and you now sowed, and there was no harvest. Something is wrong somewhere, and it's not God's sight. You mean to tell me you sowed, and God didn't give you a harvest? Ah. Go and check where the problem is. Oh. Because there was day and night. Can I hear a loud amen? There was winter and summer. Okay, there was rainy season and dry season. You don't understand that. <laughs> Glory be to God. Genesis 26. This is what your image should be when you sow. Isaac sowed in that land. Verse 12. Now, Isaac did physical sowing. But it's remarkable that the scripture, particularly in texts like 2 Corinthians chapter 9, compared our financial giving to physical sowing. It actually used the same phrase, sowing, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. So, what happened to Isaac concerning his physical crops can happen to you concerning your spiritual seeds. And by the way, when I'm saying sowing, yes, my focus may be on finances and giving, but it's not limited to that alone. Your prayer is a seed. Can I hear a loud amen? Your stewardship is a seed. Can I hear a loud amen? Your meditation of the word, your coming to church like this to hear the word being taught is a seed. There will always be harvest, sir. There will always be harvest, all things being equal. Or if you 
Mind the terms and conditions like I talked about last week. Listen, when the results are not there, there are only two ways. Somebody is not doing the praying they are supposed to be doing. You are not praying. And the solution to that one is start praying, sir. Because you will never get the answer until you start praying. Ah, somebody is not sowing. The solution is start sowing, sir. You will never get the harvest until you start sowing. Start serving. You will never get the reward until you start serving. Start obeying. God is never going to bless your rascality. should have figured that one out by now. In spite of your rascality, he can show you grace and mercy. But that he will give you the blessing intended for you fully and you want to live like a rascal. No. Read your Bible a little better. You will figure that one out. He won't condemn you. But you won't get what he really wanted you to have. So start obeying. Then, then there is the likelihood, and many times I think this is where particularly Bible-believing Christians, Wednesday coming to church Christians may find themselves. Ask your neighbor, are you a Wednesday coming to church Christian? Oh, today's Wednesday. I'm talking to you, sir. Uh-huh. You are the one I'm talking to. Sorry, I'm back now. <laughs> you are the one. If you are not seeing the harvest, so if you are not seeing the prayers answered, if you are not seeing the faith being performed, the chances are you are praying. You are in church on Wednesday and God is not bringing harvest. Check the fine prints. Tap someone again and tell him or her terms and conditions apply. And you see that when you see the way God wrote the promises. And I want to emphasize three major fine prints tonight by God's grace. But let's give ourselves assurance of sowing. He sowed in the land. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Somebody said that will be my story this year. Even if you don't get hundredfold, can you manage ninetyfold? Even if you don't get ninetyfold, can you manage eightyfold? If you don't get eightyfold, will thirtyfold satisfy you? Mind you, double is onefold though. Will you take double if it doesn't even happen? Double your income in one year. That's a massive testimony, sir. But look at what he's saying the guy got. Hundred. Glory be to God. In the same year. Can I hear somebody say God is able? Same year. Jack your hope high. Jack your hope high. This hundredfold. God told them in Deuteronomy, I will make you a thousand times more. Again, in context. They were a small nation. A small nation. They were feeble. There was the fear that other nations can come and wipe them out and overtake them. Then God gave them a promise. Don't worry. I'll make you a thousand times more. He can do one thousand times more. Can I hear loud? Amen. Amen. If he can do it with physical harvest fruits and biological fruits, which was that thousand more, he can do it with your money. Can I hear loud? Amen. You can do it in your family, in your career, in your business. God can make things 1,000 times better for you tomorrow than it is today. You better believe it. And you better receive what is offering you. Can I hear someone shout, I receive? In the same year. That's the God we serve. When you sow, he gives you harvest. You mean to tell me you sowed. And God did not give harvest. Glory be to God. 
and, and you read on verse 13, he began to prosper. That is somebody's story in 2018. He continued prospering. That is somebody's story that has already begun to prosper until he became very prosperous. That is everybody's testimony in the name of Jesus. You are not going to start and stop. You are not going to be able to buy a car this year and you can't buy a car next year. Mm. Somebody said that's not my portion. He began, say it to me, began, he continued until he became very. That's the God we and God made it all happen for him. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. The Philistines, the unbelievers, envied him. I prophesy over your life. People that don't know God, people that don't serve God, they will envy the blessing of God in your life. That is how it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. And I decree from this day going forward, by this time tomorrow, that will be the evidence and the testimony coming out of your life. He was like them before. In fact, he was worse than them. He wanted to check out. You know, like people check out of Nigeria because things are hard. He said, stay there. You don't have to go anywhere. I will bless you in that land for your father's sake. And in the same year, God made him the envy of the nation. They got so jealous, they drove him away and they started pouring sand inside his gallery. Everywhere that his father had dug, they will cover it. But verse 22 tells us something, sorry, again, fine prints now. Just fine prints about sowing and reaping and all these things. Verse 22, Genesis 26. And he dug another well. Somebody has stopped praying. Somebody has stopped serving. Because the Philistines have dug, blocked your hole. Your, the well you dug before. Don't do that. He kept digging. Kept digging. And I would like to add. He probably kept sowing as well. See, there were two things, two business dimensions God gave Isaac. Sowing and digging. You read those two chapters. was a farmer and a digger of wells. And every time there was a setback, he used it as a springboard to dig again. Every time he looked as if God had not answered his prayer, he used it as a springboard to pray again. Every year that went by, that he looked as if God did not honor his stewardship, he used it as a springboard to serve God again. Dog again another well. That's how to do this, you know. And he kept digging and digging and digging until the devil and his cohorts gave up. That's how you do prayer. That's how you do your stewardship. That's how you do your obedience. You don't come before God and say, God, I obeyed you in 2016. I obeyed you in 2015. I obeyed you in 2017. And you know many people will not say it too. But that's what they are saying in their hearts. And if you are very good, particularly if you've been in church for a while, there's a way you can try and hide it from everybody. I'm telling God is seeing you. So don't go that route. Oh. And if the temptation is strong to go that route, ask God for grace and mercy. Better meet the pastor to pray and lay hands and agree with you. Don't go that route. The, 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 the scripture we read, that we prayed, God brought us to a wealthy place. You should have... I'm going to take that in crossover. Start from verse 10. Said you have tested us. You have tried us like silver is tried. They were in that captivity for 400 years. Sir. 
sometimes God tests you by holding back the manifestation. Fine print, fine print. That won't be stated in and bringing you to your worthy place. But read around it, you see the fine print. Sometimes, Pastor T, you are going to have to wait for seven years before the first baby comes. God help you if you stop serving because seven years have come and gone since you got married and the baby did not come. That's God. Fine print. There won't be on top of the promise. So the promise is you will serve the Lord your God and none shall be barren. That's what you see. But when you read the fine prints, you will see dig again. Dig again. It's interesting. Could God not have stopped the Philistines from blocking the well? Talk to me, somebody. But God allowed them to cover the well. And they dug another well. And this time, they did not quarrel over it. I came to prophesy over someone. This year will be your year. This season will be your season. This time. I mean, the same thing. He had prayed, he had prayed that prayer over and over again. He had sowed that seed over and over Nothing had happened before, but... This time. Hallelujah. Listen to me, child of God. There's always a this time we go, though. Yeah, and don't allow the last time hinder your this time. Glory be to God. I love verse 28. So, in the Bible says, verse 22, you call the place robot for the Lord has made room for us. Tap your neighbor to your left and try and say, God has made room for you in 2018. And we shall be fruitful in the land. Glory be to God. Say with me, I shall be fruitful in 2018. Verse 28. This is what the people that were blocking his wealth came. People that were envious of him blocking his wealth. Look at verse 28. We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. That's what your seeds and your digging is supposed to bring in your life. So much blessings that they will come and say we have seen the Lord is with you. We have certainly seen the Lord is with you. Look at verse 29. You are now the blessed of the Lord. When unbelievers start calling you blessed, you know you have arrived. Glory to God. Now, this is what I love the most. Galatians 4.28 says something. Now, we brethren, as Isaac was a children of promise. Galatians 4.28, amazing. What is he talking about? The same way God gave Isaac to Abraham by promise. That we are, we are not products of the flesh like Ishmael. Hallelujah. We are products of grace like Isaac. God just promised. And Abraham and Sarah to stand in faith. And one day Isaac came. So that's how we are. That also means that, look, look at what, when he says Isaac was a child of promise, all that manifestation Isaac had in Genesis 26, God gave it to him by promise. If you study the chapter, God said, stay in this land. I will bless you because of your father, like I blessed your father. He had to receive it by promise. And that's how you ought to operate your life. Can I hear loud? Amen. Glory be to God. So I asked somebody again, you mean to tell me you sold and God did not give you harvest? That is not the nature and character of God. It's not. Settle that in your spirit. Settle that. Be so assured of that. Don't sleep 
into this lie of the enemy. Uh, it's possible to pray and God will not answer. It's possible to sow a seed and God will not give up. It's a lie. Uh, it's a fight of faith. Because oh. sometimes the harvest will not come like you want it to come when you want it to come. I've told you the story of the first time I sold one million naira. I thought by this time tomorrow, the Philistines will have envied me. <laughs> Nothing happened for a while. I started getting angry with God. Don't make that mistake. Look, if you, have, if you have not made the mistake, you don't have to make the mistake. If you have made the mistake, you better repent like I repented. No point getting angry with God because your prayer hasn't, hasn't been answered. Uh, okay, you can't, you're, not, you're not angry with Pastor T. No, nobody can see God. It's the pastor that we blame. No, that's what some of these people are doing. No? That are attacking pastors and churches. They have, the first scarcity is biting hard. And they are using it in the, the economies, but so they need to blame someone. And they know if they blame Buhari, they will arrest them. So blame the pastors and the churches. You have to blame somebody. They can't blame God. Nobody can see God. Ah, the pastor has jet. Hey, the pastor. And they will use fine sounding arguments. Ah, if they sell the jets, they will feed so many people. Okay, next year, what will we sell? <laughs> Eh? Now we have sold the jet. What are you going to say? The solution is not in selling the jet, sir. It's not go down a road that leads us nowhere. <laughs> ah, they should give everybody uh, scholarship in the school. Okay, if we give everybody scholarship this year, how will we, who will we give scholarship? How are we going to pay the staff? Fine sounding arguments that they're just trying to blame somebody. Glory be to God. Uh, Let's stay with the word. Can I hear a loud amen? I know the the situation is biting. I know it's not comfortable. I know you're looking for somebody to blame. But but stay with the word and examine yourself. Don't examine somebody else. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Let's look at stewardship, service. Exodus 23, 25. Get to this place where you know if I, I, I am amazed people don't serve God in church. I mean, I don't know. Let, let me tell you my own story. The moment I got born again, I'm sorry, even before I got born again, I always wanted to serve God. It, it was just wired inside my spirit. I'm amazed people, some people don't serve. I'm amazed some people get out of service for a long time. To me, it's just a risky life. Look at it. Exodus 23, 25. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So, serving God is blessing insurance, healing insurance. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your life. Barrenness insurance. I will fulfill the number of days. Long life insurance. Why would you not take that deal? I, 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 I don't understand. Don't even try and explain your rationale to me. And where I'm really going tonight is you mean to tell me you served and God did not do those things for you? God is not a man that I should lie. So when you are serving, you should know. Look, I, I work for GT Bank. I know they are going to pay me on the. What's the payday in GTB? Who works in GT? Pastor Susan, what's your payday? 22nd or 25th? 21st. When you first of dying, did you know they were going to pay you? Eh? GTO. GT. You that sometimes they can deduct money that is not your money. (laughs) 
There is nobody walking in that bank that says, ah, and they may not pay us this month too. And they may not pay us this month. Even government parasitas that sometimes owe people for five months, they still go back the following month. Per adventure, they will repent this month. <laughs> so, you wonder, if it's a property of five months, I'm like, and you are still walking there. <laughs> it is faith. <laughs> because they may repent. <laughs> may not be the month I stopped walking. <laughs> so they come back. And you are now serving God as a record that's never owed anybody. David's story was that he served God and God blessed him. Psalm 89, verse 20. I have found my servant David with my oil of anointed him. Servant David. Job's record was that God blessed him. God made him the greatest of all the men in the East. Have you considered my servant, Job? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's record is that they came in as refugees of war and God promoted them to the highest offices in the land. Daniel 3, 26. Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. I love this story. Look at it with me. Daniel 3.26 After I told them to come and bow and they refused. Oh king, we are not going to bow. Our God is able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow. God angry threw them in and uh, did we not throw three men in? There's a fourth person inside the fire. This is what he now said. He went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. Daniel 3.26 spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. This is what I want you to see. Servants of the Most High God. That was their qualification. Even Nebuchadnezzar, these ones are servants of God. In a strange land though, that's not Israel there, you know. That's Babylon. Servants of the Most High God. Come out here. Come here. Then watch this testimony. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the midst of the fire. Glory be to God. I know there is financial fire in Nigeria, but I came to tell you, if you serve God, you will come out from the midst of the fire. Marriages may be going upside down and people's marriages are clean. And there's fire in marriages. Your own marriage, you will come out from the midst of the fire. They came out from the midst of fire. Look at what the Bible said. Verse 27. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and kings, counselors gathered together and they saw these men whose marriages the fire had no power on. Whose finances the recession had no power on. They saw them. The fire had no power on the hair of their head. Their bodies, the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of the fire was not on them. That's what happens when you serve God. You serve God and God is not protecting you. Ah, you should go and check again. That's what happens. You use these things to feed your faith. Everybody's marriage may crash, but my own is not crashing. Why? I'm a servant of the Most High God. Insurance. Everybody's finances may go down. I've never been broke. Never. And it will never happen. The fire had no effect on them. The fire had no effect on them. The recession had no effect on them. The underdevelopment, the backwardness, never had no effect on them. 
As that's what having, having God does. Elevates you above the problem of the land. So if you are serving and they are not happening, examine yourself. Not condemn yourself. Oh. There may just be one or two things. These are the things God used me to, to, to learn a few things about serving him. Are you serving me like Daniel Shadak and Abednego? Kenneth Copeland said, I love this. I had it. Just a young Christian. He said, if Christianity became illegal in many countries, they will not have evidence to prosecute certain Christians. Ah, you are not getting that statement. Say some Christians, the way they do their Christianity, they can't, ah, hey, he came for prayer meeting. Ah, no, he was just passing by to take his brother. They won't find evidence that he was praying and the building was shaken. Ah, can you see? He was sleeping. The pastor just, he wasn't in the service, he was sleeping. A good lawyer can bail them out. There won't be evidence. <laughs> but this one, a heathen king said servants of the Most High God. Look at Deuteronomy 28. This thing is very important. Verse 47. God was chastising them here as it were. This is part of what we call the cause of the law. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. Now we are looking at fine prints. So there are those that don't even serve at all. There are those that are serving but they are not doing it with joy and gladness of heart. Like I always say, they are doing it as if they are doing God a favor. No. No. And they know whether you are here with joy and gladness of heart or whether you are just doing it as if eh, I don't come now, Pastor T will notice I'm not here. You will get your reward. And I tell you, Pastor T has no reward for you. You did not serve God with joy and gladness of heart. And, and watch this. You did not serve God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. That's what service brings us. When we do it, hallelujah, and we do it right, Watch the promise here. Abundance of what? Everything. You mean to tell me you serve God and God did not reward? That's not my story. And that's not the promise. Look at verse 48. If everything I've said before didn't give you concern, this one should give you concern. Therefore, you will serve your enemies. Mean none of us here serve our enemies. You will not serve sickness and disease. You will not serve poverty. You will not serve shame and reproach. You, you should serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. Look at the enemies oh, in hunger. You will not serve hunger. In thirst, you will not serve thirst. In nakedness, you will not serve nakedness. In need of everything, you will not serve in need of everything. So he's telling you that, look, if you serve me, there will be no hunger, there will be no thirst, there will be no nakedness, there will be no need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck. There will be no yoke on your neck. Until you are destroyed, you will not be destroyed. So it behooves us to serve and to do it well. And to do it that, you see, we shouldn't be serving and there's yoke on our neck. After a while, we need to go before God and examine ourselves. Why is this barrenness there, sir? And God will tell you something like, it's your problem, you are the one that allowed the devil. But I will tell you something the devil is afraid of. He's afraid of the blood. And you obey, not that God told you that and you, now, you are not taking communion. That's part of rascality. There's a phrase God gave me. Ignorance, ignorance induced rascality. So it's not that someone wants to be a rascal. It's just that he doesn't know. So God even gave him the word. 
I mean, God, God, all God told me in that prayer was, because I went to meet him, I'm serving you now. And you said if I serve, we won't be barren. And we will not suffer miscarriage. This is the second one. When the first one happened, they prayed for me, affliction shall not arise. The second time. Eat the affliction. <laughs> you go and pray, you don't sleep. When the, I mean, what is clearly written is now happening. And you are serving. You go and ask God questions. Now watch. He, he, all he told me was, it's your fault, number one. Then, before I could even defend myself, he said that, so I left that one in the cooler. We'll come back to that another day. I didn't know it was my fault, sir. I thought I was doing okay. You can think you are doing okay and you are not. From that experience with God, so many things changed in my prayer life. Because I saw that the way I was praying, don't pray today, don't pray tomorrow. They are praying, you know. I will tell you one thing the devil is afraid of. If I get to heaven and they tell me I finished the blood of Jesus, the only meal I took 5%, I won't be surprised. <laughs> you see, when God gives you that kind of revelation, they know that Pastor T drinks blood on this earth. Never. Go and ask them when you get there. I've relaxed now. <laughs> because some miracles you don't want to continue forever. <laughs> You do something with what God gave you. They didn't preach that sermon in church. Hello, somebody. They did not preach. I mean, if I had waited for Reverend K to preach it, maybe they would never preach it. But Reverend K has taught me enough to be able to get that kind of information. I have taught you enough to be able to get certain things. I can't can't tell you everything. I have drank blood. <laughs> because God said, I wasn't drinking it like that. I've been taking communion before then. That's when I say, examine yourself. Look, it's not that you're not praying. It's not that you're not taking communion. It's maybe the way you're taking it. I mean, I, I've been taking communion before then. You may be currently the first person to show up for pursuit and the last person to leave. And when God comes to tell you the problem or the things you need to do to adjust your life, like, your prayer life, you'll be shocked that even though you are the first to come and last to go, you are still not praying as you ought, and it will show you where. God has taught me many things about communion. Those are the things I teach you every communion service. So many things. So many things. I should start writing books, self. <laughs> Thank you. Glory be to God. Let's talk about obedience. So, look, build confidence with this kind of scripture. And this kind of word. If I serve God, all will be well. That's just the beginning of the journey. If I pray and I don't pray and miss, I will get answers. If I sow, there will be harvest. So that when somebody is freezing people anyhow on the radio or the internet, it won't affect you. May your finances not get frozen in the name of Jesus. May your prayer life not get frozen in the name of Jesus. May your stewardship not get frozen in the name of Jesus. The latest one now is freezing people that they should not fast and pray at the beginning of the year. May your fasting and prayer not get frozen in the name of Jesus. Fine sounding argument. I read something about it this week. That What about the fasting and prayer we did last year? Very good argument. Okay, so because they blocked our well last year, should we not dig again this year? Should we even dig better? 
telling us that because there's problem in Nigeria, that's why we should not fast and pray. That fasting and praying is not the solution. Wicked devil. So you, you, you need to 40. And don't think these things cannot affect you. Say, wait, doubt and unbelief can creep in. Hallelujah. Let me begin to close. Job 36, 11. Obedience. If they obey and serve. This one is even a double-edged sword. They will spend their days in prosperity. And their years in pleasures. Is somebody interested? Are you sure? I prophesy over you. Your days in 2018 shall be days of prosperity. Your years from 2018 and beyond shall be years of pleasure. You know the Bible calls the word of God a more sure word of prophecy. That means I can prophesy what is written. And you better learn to prophesy what is written about your life. Days of prosperity. Years of pleasure. I love it. Days. I mean, I don't have a bad day. I've not had one in over a decade now. Why? I have a word of days of prosperity. I'm, I'm telling you, you have not had a bad day. Years of pleasure. Not that challenges don't come, but the pleasure that God brings is more than the challenges. Okay, they brought base of one million. God gave you twenty million. Is that one a problem? Eh? Is that one a problem? They brought bill of five million. God gave you twenty-five million. Is that the problem? If I, you'll be praying, bring another five million, so that God can bring another what twenty-five million. <laughs> we are not saying we don't have challenges. For crying out loud, I live in Lagos. Nepal took my life too. But there's a promise of days of prosperity and years of pleasure that I have learned to elevate with. So you are just flying over the storm. That's what we are saying. And look at the key there. Obey and serve. Obey and serve. You know, we quote Joshua 1.8 many times. And we quote it as a confession scripture and a meditation scripture. Am I right or am I right? Those of you Bible scholars. And it's true. It's a confession scripture and a meditation. But more than those. Or equally it's an obedience scripture. Like Deuteronomy 28. Verse 1. It shall come to pass if you diligently obey. Can somebody see the fine print there? Ah, somebody's obeying. But are you doing it diligently? They say delayed obedience is obedience. Have you heard that before? Partial obedience is what? Let me tell you the obedience that works. Diligent obedience. Fine print. So Job did not say if they're diligent, they just said obey and serve. The fine print is in Deuteronomy 28.1. If you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully, not just observe, but carefully, sir. Fine print. Tell somebody again, fine print. Obedience. So, look at Joshua 1, 8 now. So, okay, let, let's finish Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. Observe carefully all his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will set you on high. Somebody shout elevation. Obedience is a key to elevation. We are not going to put a rascal pilot in the sky. He will kill somebody. We need a pilot that will tell him, turn not 37 
is 35. That will do, he won't do 37.5 and is 34. We are still looking for the plane that disappeared from Malaysia how many years ago. We are not going to put somebody, a rascal pilot, on the plane. We got one guy off the plane that was drunk the other day on BA. Did you read it in the news? Yes. Uh, pilot that was drunk. Ah, our plane. Ah, we must land, though. We don't put rascals in the air. We don't. That's men, not God. So, to be above all nations of the earth, are you interested? Obedience is vital. You must be able to hear if you will account for everybody in this church, I will double the income. So, first of all, you must be able to hear. You know, hearing. Then, after you have it, you go and do it. You account to everybody. Then the income will double. And after a while, we double the double. Not that we tell you to account for everybody, you are not doing it. Six months have come and gone, you've not done it. Which was what we are doing. I mean, I will never forget that meeting. I'll be Pastor Leia, can you remember the meeting? No pastor is going home today. Six months have come and gone, we had not done that thing. As I was preaching last Sunday, the Holy Ghost was born me. You are just wasting time. You can preach all the someone you want to. I've told you what to do. Nobody is going home today until we account for everybody. That our finances are turning from that day. Within one year, we are doubled the income. The year after, we are doubled the double. Ah! You better learn to obey God, sir. <coughs> Above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come and overtake you. Because what? Ah, am I the only one reading it? Verse 2, Deuteronomy 28. Oh, yeah, yeah. Want to go. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. And what? How many of the blessings, somebody? Eh? All these blessings shall come upon you. Say, blessings come upon me. And overtake you. And say, overtake me. Because you did what? Obey. Obey. Present continuous. Now look at Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart of your mouth. So we say it's a confession scripture. Very true. And you shall meditate on it day and night. We say confession, uh, meditation scripture. Very true. But the confession and meditation is really an end. It means to an end. This is the end. That you may observe to do. It's also and probably more so an obedience scripture. Observe to do according to all that is written therein. When I tell you account for everybody in the church, you account for everybody in the church. And then I will double your income. Observe to do according to what I mean for them. You will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Which I, the good, good father, wants to give you. You mean to tell me you obeyed God and God did not bless? No. No. Now, let me, let me, talking about obedience... Please understand that disobedience got us into this mess we are in. Romans chapter 5. One man's rascality messed up the entire human race. Don't follow his example. 
Obedience brought us out of the roads. One man's obedience made us righteous. Follow him. Don't be the Christian that is enjoying the obedience of Christ and practicing the rascality of Adam. The Bible calls it a dog that returns to his vomit. A pig that has gone back into his mess. That will never be your story in Jesus' name. Learn from the obedience of Christ. And let Jesus be your example. Not just your savior. There are two things the Bible tells us Jesus is to us. Number one is our savior. So the obedience we could not obey. He did it for us. We could never keep the law of God. So he kept it for us. As an example. I, I love that this text. Look at it. We, we read it a lot, but many times we forget it. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Look, if you are not an obedient Christian, you will never be able to overcome Satan. You won't. Even though you are a Christian, no. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Says we are at war. Who are we at war with? Buari? No. Boko Haram? No. Not necessarily. We are at war with them, yes, but no. More than that, we are at war with the principalities and powers that are operating through. I don't know about Buari, but Boko Haram. For Buari supporters start saying I'm picking sides. No, let's, at least we are all in agreement that we are against the principalities and powers behind Boko Haram. Buari is subject to debate, depending on which aisle of the political spectrum you fall. <laughs> Amen. So we are at war with evil forces. But watch it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments that defeat arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the scripture. Bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. We, we allow our thought process aligned with the finished work of Jesus. The obedience of Christ. But not only that, and somebody say, and verse 6. Being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So there's a second part. Yes, Christ has finished the work for you and you have embraced the finish, but he now expects you to follow his example. Sir, carry your cross and follow me. Your cross, not the one I carried for you. So apart from the one I carried for you, there's your cross. Yes, the primary one is the obedience of Christ, but there's an end that allows us to punish all disobedience. So we can't win this war as rascals. The person we are fighting is the main rascal. The original rascal. You can't be following his example and you want to overcome him. Glory be to God. So I ask again, you mean to tell me you obeyed and God did not bless? Let me give you something powerful here. When God rewards, when God blesses, when God answers, when God promotes, when God performs his word it's also a way of encouraging us that we're on track and sometimes when he sees those things are withheld it's like god is trying to there's something you need to adjust not that i'm not your father not that i don't love you not that i'm denying you what i promised so, pastor T, you can pray better or sometimes what we give you one fold when he can give you a hundred 
I mean, God told me that. He said, double is just one fold. In other words, you can still account for the people better. But that you have started, though, just to encourage you, take one fold. But I can take you to a thousand times more. Can I hear a loud amen? But that next fold will not come until you do it better. That's what the Spirit of God is challenging us as a church. Tap your neighbor to your left and right here. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Please use these five things I've outlined and any other thing the Spirit of God may bring into your spirit to just... You may even be flying already. Do you know you can fly higher? Talk to me, somebody. And particularly if you are not yet flying. Let me close with this. There are three major fundamental questions I want you to ask. As you just, in your quest to to get better, to experience more and more of what God has for you, there are three major things. Number one is the purpose question. Number two is the vision question. And number three is the motive question. Say with me, purpose, vision, motive. Let me give it to you this way as well. The what question, that's what purpose answers. The how question, that's what vision answers. And the why question, that's what motive answers. And this particularly relates to people that are already doing these things we are talking about. You are praying. But you are not just seeing answers commensurate to the way you are praying. Ask the purpose question. What are you praying? And I'll I'll probably get into this a lot more next week as we are fasting. These are some of the things when you fast and pray. Next week we are meeting on Wednesday, midweek service. We are starting our Elevate fast for the new month next week, 31st of January. And we are going to meet Wednesday, Thursday and of course Friday during the vigil. I will go a bit deeper with these three things. And again, this part class, well, you are praying, but the answers are not coming. You are sowing, but you are not seeing harvest. You are serving, but you are not seeing reward. You are obeying to the best of your knowledge, but God is not blessing. Ask these three questions in the place of examining yourself. What? In other words, these things I'm doing... Um, are they aligned to God's purpose? Because some people are praying, serving, sowing, giving, but where they are missing it is the purpose. What they are doing, God is not behind it. Look at what the Bible says about purpose. Romans 8.28 We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Ephesians 1.11 gives us an even clearer picture to purchase the point I'm making here. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. Glory be to God. Being predestined according to the purpose of him. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So Pastor T went to start a church. And he's praying like Jesus. Plus John the Baptist times Elijah. And praying hide. Combined in one person. The church is not growing. And he's praying, you know. 
and he's praying right. He's praying all the scriptures. But the church is still not growing. Why? Pastor T is not supposed to go and start a church. That's not the purpose of God. God does all things according to the counsel of his will. The moment you are outside God's will, sir, pray from here to forever. That prayer will never change God's mind. Prayer works. Sowing works. Obedience works. Serving works in the will. Not outside the will. So, the what question must be answered. What are we doing? What are we doing? Is it aligned to divine purpose? Make that part of... In fact, that's the main theme of our pursuit this month. Lord, let my eye... Let me be aligned. Don't be in Sokoto when God wants you to be in Lagos. You can pray fire down from heaven in Sokoto. If the will is that you should be in Lagos, sir. Now, let me tell you something. You mature in these things. So, some people have the, the five things I've talked about correct. Prayer, they are there. And they are praying the word. They are not praying unbelief. But yet, God is not answering. Because you are not supposed to start a church. You're supposed to humble yourself and go and serve somebody else. That is the will. And it's predestined. You can't change it, sir. You can't come to Lagos and say, Reverend Keo, anoint me. And now I'm going to start my church. You will build that church yourself. He does all things according to the counsel of predetermined will. So, some people, the examination that is required is not whether they are praying or fasting or mm, is that, am I aligned to divine purpose? I said I was assistant pastor. They prayed all the prayer they wanted to pray. Poured all the oil they wanted to pour. Laid all the ice left on the bed, rolled on the bed, rolled on the floor. Nothing happened, sir. I stepped into pastor in a church. No prayer, no oil. Barrenness left. Alignment. What delivered me was one Reverend K phone call. One Reverend K phone call. No prayer. What it can be that fine. What are you doing, Pastor T? Are you assisting Pastor Noel in Ikeja? The what you are doing, or have you stepped into your destiny? You are not supposed to be an assistant, you're supposed to be the one handling the church. Sir. What are you doing? Is what you are doing in alignment to my divine counsel? You mature in these things. You may not get the answer immediately, but please start learning how to pray this prayer. We call it the prayer of consecration. Not my will, but thine be done. There are two times you pray the prayer of consecration. Many times, many of us only know the first one. The first one is when you want to know the will of God. But do you know Jesus prayed the prayer of consecration in the Garden of Gethsemane? And Jesus already knew the will of God. He knew he was supposed to go to the cross. So, when in the second time I prayed the prayer of consecration, when I know the will of but I'm afraid to take the step. Ah, this suffering is too much. Lord, let this cup pass. They're going to put nail in my hand, though. Isn't there another way? They're going to drill nail in my feet. Isn't there another way? So the question there wasn't, do I know the way? Is am I willing to go? The problem for some, some, some and look, particularly when it's like God is not answering. 
or things are not moving, check the words. Check the words in the major areas of your life. Check the words. And by that I mean, am I aligned? Somebody say aligned to divine purpose and plan. See, I was, I mean, I said I was a pastor. I, I will stay on this for a few more minutes. I'm closing soon. I was a pastor. But I wasn't the kind of pastor God wanted me to be. I was serving, sir. Look, I was serving so well, at least in the eyes of Pastor Noel. When Reverend K called me, he said, no, send somebody else. Pastor T is useful for me in the ministry. Thank God for God. And it's not that Pastor Noel wanted to block my destiny. Thank God for God. Somebody say what? That's purpose. Everybody's what has been designed. Everybody. What you are. You are a creation. You are a creation. And Nigerian economy cannot make God say, ah, he's supposed to be a pastor, but economy is bad, so let him go and do business. Sir, you will fed your own that business. And you will pray and pray and pray. So seed and so seed and so seed. Fast and fast and fast. The business will not just be... Why? The what is wrong. It takes the hand of God. So lift hands and say, Father, help me to be aligned. Just be praying it. And God, can, you see, you are his child. He will guide you. Can I hear a loud amen? The second one is vision. So imagine I now went to Alagbado. I'm now perfectly aligned to what? And rather than going there to raise a supernatural army, I said, teaching motivational speaking. <laughs> I started teaching motivation and speaking. What was vision? So, vision is how. Okay, you are now in the water. How do you do it? It has to be according to the heavenly vision. That's what Paul said. Acts 26. Listed out this is the things God said I should do to open their eyes. I'm not supposed to be playing games. Look. When I speak, somebody's eyes won't open. If I preach and eyes don't open, I've not done my job. That's why he wrote Bible. He God gave him, God gave Reverend K what to raise people. Not just give people miracles. There is nothing wrong with the church that they just give people miracles and they are still babies for life. That is not our how here. Our how here is you come in on the floor, you go up, you may end up being the pastor, sir. I came in driving. I came, that was the only assignment. Pastor Nessie, when they said they were going to adore me, he said, I didn't know. It was when they said it after. Are you sure? Because I didn't look like it. But that's the unction. Raise, raise, raise. When we teach, somebody must be raised. So if you go there, even though you're in the right place, so the what is okay. But you're not doing anything but the how. It, it has to be, he said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So there is no prayer I can pray that God help me to be a motivational pastor. Nothing wrong with a motivational pastor like Rebecca Wester's up. But that is not our how. That is not our how. Here we, we give you what? Scripture. Prayer. Fasting. Consecration to divine purpose. That, that's what we teach. I'm going to be teaching marriage next month. That's how I'm going to teach it because that's what has worked for me. That is our how. That is whether you are teaching marriage or finances, is that how? 
There is no seed that we sow that will make us start preaching like T.D. Jakes in this church now. I love, I, Reverend George said he doesn't like T.D. Jakes. Me, I like T.D. Jakes. But I, I, I don't like him that way. His how is different. And T.D. Jakes cannot preach like Reverend K. That is not his how. The visions are different. All of us are doing the same thing, no? Preaching the gospel to the lost. But the way God showed T.D. Jakes is different from the way God showed Pastor Paul. It's different from the way God showed Pastor K. Pastor K must stay on his lane. And that means King's word, Pastor must stay on the lane. Examine yourself. And the last one is the why. You can have the word settled. That's supposed to be a pastor. You can have the how settled. Do it by the word, do it by the spirit. Then, is that how you are missing it? How is love your motive? When you teach offering, it's not to rake their bank account. <laughs> After all, they just gave her a promotion now. So your motive is to collect the salary. If you are teaching false truth or you are teaching scripture, they should give force to God. But instead of teaching from your motive is you love them, you want to show them the truth, you want to show them the way, you want to show them, but, but yeah, that salary, yeah, no, I need a new car now, I'm the pastor. It's your own selfish motive that is behind it. Sometimes that's the problem. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, though I have faith that can move mountains, I give my body to be born, but I have not love. See, what is making me preach that someone is not love for the people. It's because I want to rake money. Ah. You can pray all the prayer you want. God will not answer the prayer. Uh, Pastor T cannot see your heart, but God can see your heart. I hope you know that one. Uh-huh. These are the things we do when we examine what I'm doing aligned to purpose? This marriage I want to enter, is it aligned to divine purpose? This business I want to start, okay, it's aligned. God has given you the green light. How, what, there are many ways to do business. You can give bribe in this part of the world. Am I right? Am I right? You can't be giving bribe and then come to us only to sow seed. I expect God to give you harvest on that seed. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? You know there are people that do that. Did you hear story about the guy that stole money from was it Sheraton? I came to give tithe in Christ Embassy several years ago. Now, how will God give hundredfold on that kind of seed so that there can be more thieves inside Sheraton? And the pastor that is teaching tithe and offering, not out of love for the flock, oh, but so that the offering can be big, so that they can buy him a bigger car. God will never bless that message. And the people that are hearing Motive is wrong. Even though the what and the how is right. Or God not bless it the way it ought to be. Rise on your feet. Let's close. Let me tap three people. Examine, 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 examine yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Oh. Let me tell you the truth. You grow in these things. 
I know these things better five years from today now than I knew five years before. Five years before, just as long as I'm teaching Bible, it doesn't matter. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you again. When you are preaching that, your motive must be love. Your motive, when you are preaching giving, your, your, your motive, not that you want bigger prophet offering. And you grow. Somebody in 2018 are going to take the right step in the right direction. Whatever it is that is hindering the kind of elevation God has ordained for you, the Holy Ghost will reveal it to you this season. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.